Grab your Bibles, church. If you have a Bible, make sure it's in front of you. Please grab it. We want to get into the Word so much that the Word gets into us. Amen? It's really good to see. I, I often get, um, you get annoying emails during the week of uh, ads and things like that where you, you, may, you might have purchased a, a, a plane ticket during the week and uh, or during you know last year from some airline company and they've just got your email address so you keep getting all these updates on on fantastic bargains and all that sort of stuff i hate those but i love getting those those spam emails that i keep getting from um, people that are starting a new bible plan on the bible version app or or they've completed it or they've highlighted something in their bibles and it's just awesome to be able to see that that people are getting into the Word of God and to know that if if you are getting into the Word of God, then the Word of God must get into you as well. Remember last week we looked at, or can I go back two weeks ago? Is that too hard for some people? Because it is sometimes hard to think what happened two weeks ago, let alone just last week, right? And so two weeks ago we looked at the uh, the sower, right, sowing the seed. On the four different locations, right? And and then last week we looked at the lamp, all right, and how the lamp is listening. It's like listening. It's like good soil is receiving the word, and lamp the lamp is like listening to the word, listening to Jesus, really digging deep, not just hearing, but a, but listening to what Jesus is saying. And and as we listen to what Jesus is saying, stuff becomes illuminated. You know, our life, our uh, the, the obstacles that we thought were obstacles, we can now see them because uh, his word has illuminated our, our paths and our way. It's those two sermons, those two parables, basically, are about our part, our part to the word of God. You know, the seed is the word of God, right? And our heart response to his word, or to his kingdom. Now, tonight, we're looking at a growing seed. And then we're going to be looking at a mustard seed. But firstly, the growing seed, right? Jesus taught this parable about a king, about a man who scatters seed on the ground. In the kingdom, we must receive the seed in a soft heart. But Jesus goes on to say that we've got to do something more with that seed. Like the good soul receives the seed. But it's not just receiving the word of God. It's not just taking the word of God for your life. It's not just receiving what God has for you. You know, like tonight, I'm preaching a message, right, a sermon. And, and maybe God might speak to you at some stage during that sermon. That is not just for you to receive. It's for you to scatter. Jesus said in verse 26, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. In fact, the, the way that it's written is, is saying that this is, not, this is not the sower, this is not actually the farmer, it's a man in the original text. This is a man. This is, this is human. This is a human being doing something with seed, right? And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like a human being taking the seed and throwing it, releasing it, releasing it. Out into the soil, out into the ground. It's not just for us to receive it. We also must, number one, release the seed. 
we must let it go. Who wants to sing the Frozen soundtrack with me? No, I'm not going to sing it. But you know the song, right? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You, you must let go of the word. Release the word of God. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer, a man who scatters seed on the ground. Releasing the word of God into your life. It's not a matter of just internalizing it intellectually. Oh, I understand what this is saying. I understand what you're saying, Jesus, about, you know, this, 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 and this. It's, a, it's about appropriating it into your life, making a decree about what is true about God's word into your life. Now, last week at, at Home Group, we looked at Elijah. So I thought I'd use Elijah as an example. Uh, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 17 and verse 1, we're introduced to Elijah, right? The, the famous prophet, but he's never mentioned until this, this verse 1 of, of chapter 17 in 1 Kings. And, and I'll read it to you, the first two verses. Now, Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Elijah told King Ahab. Now, there's no mention of, of it saying, you know, like with a lot of prophecies and prophets in the Bible, there's this, thus saith the Lord, or the Lord said to, you know, Isaiah to say this, or the Lord said to Jeremiah to say this to the people. There's no, the Lord said to Elijah to say this. What is Elijah, what Elijah is doing here is he is scattering seed. He is releasing the word of God into his situation. Now, it's, it's a true reality. Uh, it's, a, it's a true, uh, it's, it's real that, that Elijah is a, a, an Israelite. It's also real that Ahab, the king, is an Israelite. And, and he's the king of northern Israel, and, and Israel are God's people, and they should be following God's ways, you know. And, and so Elijah, he's been following God's ways, but, but the people seem to be not following God's ways because the king, who should be the, the example of what it means to be a person of God, is, he's wicked and evil beyond all other kings before him. This man is wicked. We looked at him last on Wednesday night. But Elijah then, what he does is he, he, takes, he takes a word that was written hundreds of years before out of Deuteronomy about how God would, the God, it says in there that God would bless obedience of his people and that he would curse or bring drought upon the disobedience of his people. So what Elijah was doing here was he was appropriating the word of God over a situation. He was actually taking the first step. He was initiating that first step. And then in verse, so it says he told the king, as surely as the Lord happens, it's going gonna, it's gonna to not rain for three and a half years, right? And then in verse 2 comes along, it says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kirith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them, to bring you food. It's interesting, isn't it, that, that Elijah brings that declaration. He scatters the seed. He lets go of it. He releases it. God's word is meant to be catch and release. Any fishes out? Any fishermen out there? Catch and release. I don't understand that. I think if I'm going to go fishing, I'm going to go fishing so I get some fish, right? I'm greedy in that way. But 
there are places where you need to go and you, you can't keep it. You've got to catch it and release it. Catch it and release it. And the word of God is catch and release. It's catch and release. The word of God is not just for you. It's for you to release into your situation, into your marriage, into your leadership, into your ministry, into your problem, into your life. The word of God is for you to release, to catch, to understand it, to get it, to grasp it in good soil and to listen to it, but to release it. It's the word of God is current, it's living, it's active, it's relevant. And also, even when it's hiding, we must release the seed, we must let it go, we must let go of it into our lives. Now, we must declare what the word of God says about whatever in your life. Let, let's put it, let's put some legs on it. You're having uh, a tough time uh, believing that you're going to be able to pay your bills and manage um, some financial situation. Well, you can declare so many scriptures over that situation. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, Paul Paul says that. He says, in lack, I've learned to, to, to know what it means to be in lack and to be in plenty. I know, I've learned what it means to be you know, in, under persecution and to be under peace. And in all situations, he's learned to be content. He can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. We, we need to release the word of God into our lives, into our marriages, into our situation, into our churches, into our streets, into our private lives, into our private times, into our whatever. You've got to release the word of God. Otherwise, it's not going to be fruitful. The seed must be released. But it, it is alive. The word of God is alive even when it's hidden. So when Jesus says in verse 27, night and day, While he's asleep or awake, that's the man, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happened. So point number one is to release the seed. But once the seed is released, you have to trust the seed. You have to trust the seed. I remember when I was a kid growing up, there was a a shampoo commercial on TV, and um, I don't know why it stuck, but it just stuck. You know, this, this statement. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. You know, eventually if you use this shampoo, your hair will look amazing, whatever. But, you know, but that's true for, for releasing the word of God in your life as well or in your situation, whatever it is. We're believers, right? We, we walk by faith and not by sight. And, and any good farmer would know that once you release the seed, it's not just going to automatically transform into a tree. It takes time and it takes time the seed's time, it's all inside the seed, and the seed must be hidden somewhere. You can't force it to, to develop in, in any way, shape, or form. It just, it just happens. It's like being pregnant with a baby. You just have to wait until the time comes. You know, Jesus uses that illustration too. But did you know that they found some seeds that uh, date back to about, um, no pun intended, because they're date seeds, 
date palm seeds, but they date back 2,000 years ago, like around Jesus' time, these date palm and, and these seeds, and they found them, right? They were stuck in some tomb or something, and they found them. And some of these seeds actually germinated into tree, and they're actually like growing trees now. This seed has been hidden away for 2,000 years, and it's now a tree. Could you imagine waiting that long for your prayer or your declaration to be answered? You know, Elijah, he, de- he decreed, he, he made a declaration, he released the word of God into Ahab, King Ahab's life, and it took three and a half years. Night and day, Jesus says, night and day while he is asleep or awake. In other words, it just again and again and again. He doesn't really worry about it. Let the seed do its job. Trust the seed. Let it grow. Not let it go. Let it grow. Because you've already let it go. Allow it to germinate in time. It's a supernatural thing for a seed to germinate. Oh, no, no, it's not supernatural. It's natural, you might say. Well, okay, it's natural, but it's supernatural at the same time that a seed can sit dormant for 2,000 years and then all of a sudden, under the conditions, under the right conditions, it can germinate into a tree. For me, that's supernatural. That's, that's amazing, although it is natural. But it's a supernatural thing. But you don't know how, Jesus says. This, 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 the man who sows the seed or scatters the seed, he just trusts it and it grows. But he doesn't know how it grows. No one knows how it grows. It just, it just happens. It's just in there that it just happens. And the seed can seem dead and the seed can be hidden underground for a long time. But then all of a sudden, it just happens. You don't know how, but you know that it does. You've got to let it grow. Elijah decreed the drought, right? And then he trusted that seed to grow in its time. Now, for Elijah, it, he had to wait for a long he, had, he went through a lot of experiences. You know, we're going to be looking at it uh, this Wednesday night and then following Wednesday night, where he goes to this brook. He gets fed by these ravens because he's in lack, you know, and there's a famine going on and, and um, the brook dries up, but, but then the seed is still growing. And then he goes to Zarephath and he, and he meets a widow uh, and uh, the widow's son dies. There's, there's loss and there's death, but this seed is it's still growing. You know, have you ever done that in your life where you've released a, a promise of God over a situation or over a person or over a child? Come on, anyone hearing me tonight? You've released a promise from God over your child or, or whatever it is, and it just seems like it's it just one loss after another, one lack after another. It's like something's dead and it's not growing and it's hidden. James chapter 5, verse 17, he says in his letter to the early Christian church, he says, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crop. The sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. It's an image. Just keep in prayer, keep in faith, keep bringing that seed to God, release it into his hands, but to keep bringing it to him in prayer, reminding him, Lord, you know that seed's in the ground. I've been praying for that loved one. To come to know you, and I believe that you promised me that they will. You know, we've been praying for this situation. Now, this is it looks like a dead end, it looks like it's just 
dirt in front of me, but we're believing that there's seeds underneath that, God, that we've planted because they're your word in our life and we trust you for the time. You've got to trust the seed. Stand on the promises of God. I'm not going to sing the song, but we've got to stand on the promises of God. His, his word is unshakable. His word is possible. You know, when Jesus was, um, before Jesus was born, the angel came to Mary and said, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible. That word nothing in the Greek is no word is impossible for God. In fact, in that New Living Translation, I think it translates it that way. Whatever word God has spoken over your life, it is possible. In other words, it is not impossible. It is possible. It is so possible that it's going to happen. If God has said it, stand on it. It might look like dirt for a long time, but there's a seed waiting to germinate at the right time. Trust the seed. Trust its growth. But go and stand on it. Trust it. Trust the word to germinate under you. All right, so let it go. Let it grow. All right, let it go. In other words, release the word into your life. Let it grow. Trust the seed. And the last one is watch it transform over time. In verse 28, Jesus says in this parable, the earth produces the crop on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Now I've got a picture here of a, of a seed germinating. I have no idea what sort of seed it is, but um, it's pretty cool. I like pictures like that. I like pictures like that. But could you imagine if I just had a picture here on the screen of dirt? It, it looks like there's no life. But here is a seed that was buried for so long. It just like dirt. But there was a seed in there, and it was it was it was being trusted. It was it was scattered, and it was being trusted to grow in its time. And then now it's just it's it's emptied itself from the husk. It's it, whatever that's called, the shell, and it's beginning to grow out. And it's formed a stem, and it's formed some little little leaves as well. It's amazing. Um, I'm pretty famous in our family for not growing things really well, or over over history. But lately, I think down in here in Victoria, we've been able to grow stuff in our gardens, haven't we, Mother? We've been able to grow stuff. And, um, in fact, we have a, a compost heap out the back, and right now there's this little tree growing out of the compost heap. And I'm trying to dig down to see what the seed was, see if I could grab the whole thing and just bring it to you to show. But it's just worms and yuck and gross. I don't know what it is. But eventually, if we just let it grow, we'll find out what that seed was. How? By what the plant grows into. And eventually, this, this plant will produce more of its seed. When you throw a promise of God into your situation, when you release it into your life, watch it. Watch it change shape. Every time you plant a seed in the ground, it'll throw roots down, but it's designed. To grow upwards, to grow upwards, a blade comes out, 
it pushes through, says Jesus. This blade pushes through. It's like it seems like an impossible layer of dirt where it looks lifeless. You know, your situation might look lifeless, but this blade pushes through. Something happens in in the natural realm as the as the supernatural word of God pushes through into your finances, into your marriage, into your ministry, whatever it is, into your promise that God has given you for whatever. His word is supernatural and it will push through. It will push through. Push through the darkness, push through the, the soil. And then eventually a head is formed, says Jesus. So it will push through, it will grow a stalk, and this stalk might just be there for a long time. But eventually, as the stalk gets taller, a head is what? Formed. It's formed. It doesn't just appear. It's, it forms. Slowly but surely, it forms. This head forms. It takes time. Just watch it. Just watch it. Watch for the signs in your life. You know, that loved one that you've been praying for, salvation for. You know, you've been standing on the promise of, of God for them. You know, just watch for those little signs where they begin to sort of ask you questions about things or, you know what I mean, like where they, you might find their, their Bible open accidentally or something. You know, they don't want to see it, let you see that. But just watch, just watch. Don't dig it up. Don't go harvest it. Don't go claim that. Just watch, all right? That's the word for tonight. Just watch that. Trust the seed. Release the seed, trust the seed, and watch it grow. Watch it change shape. And eventually Jesus gets to the point, right? It says then, the grain ripens. As soon as the grain, sorry, as soon as the, the blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. The grain ripens. Then comes harvest. That's the point, right? It's springtime. Have you ever walked around your garden and found half of a bird's egg shell? I know I have, and I love it. I love seeing those little, you know, it's like a half little eggshell. I wonder where the other half just floated off in the wind somewhere. But you know what that little eggshell reminds me of? It reminds me that there is new life and it doesn't need this shell anymore. It's finished with that part of its life. The important thing is now flying around somewhere or, or sitting in a nest somewhere receiving food from its mother and father bird. It's beautiful to see that. And when I see um, a, a, a seed grow into a, tr a plant, like a stalk, like a wheat stalk, eventually it gets to the grain. What, what do they do when they harvest the grain? Do they keep the stalk? Do they keep the roots? Do they keep the – they use it for compost. The point is to grab the grain out of the head and keep that. Once it's ripe, it's harvested. When the blade, stalk, head, roots, all of that are not required anymore, it's all about the seed again. It's all about the seed again. And the word of God spoken out over your life, all that stuff in the past, it'll just go. Eventually, that seed will produce something in your life that's supernatural, and out of that seed will grow more seed. Guess what? Guess how you came to know Jesus? Someone shared the gospel with you. Could have been a pastor, could have been a grandparent, could have been a loved one, could have been someone random somewhere, or it could have been you reading your Bible. 
It's the same thing because somebody wrote the Bible. A seed planted a seed that grew a seed, that planted a seed, and eventually it's exponential growth. We all know about Jesus because someone else gathered seed. Watch it change shape. Watch it change shape. It's all about the seed again. But then Jesus kicks into the next parable about a mustard seed. In verse 30, Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? He's not asking that because he needs help. He's trying to get the listeners listening, right? I wonder how I can describe it again, he's saying. And they're thinking, well, yeah, this is good. I wonder too. And he's trying to get them on board thinking about what he's saying. He says, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. What happens when the mustard seed becomes the mustard seed plant? What happens to the seed? It's forgotten. It's, 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 it's let go of. It, it's now what it should be, a mustard seed plant, a mustard plant. He says it becomes the largest of all the garden plants, and it grows long branches, and birds can make nests shake. God likes to start small. The mustard seed was like one of the smallest seeds you could find. And, and you know, it's not very powerful. It's just this tiny little seed. But when it is planted in the ground, in the hidden, in the unknown, People don't see it. It's just planted, and it's, and it's trusted to grow when, it, when it's right time to grow. You sit back and watch, and that little seed will develop into a mustard tree, says Jesus. The seed dies before it becomes what it was meant to be. Jesus here is talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a geographical place. It is a spiritual place. It's wherever God is king. It's the realm of his kingdom. It's, it's his dominion, the kingdom, the king's, do, king's dominion of God. It's wherever you are relinquishing your control to his reign and sovereignty in your life, making God king in your marriage, making God king in your study, making God king in, in as a as a a son or a daughter, making God your king with your finances, making God your king when, you come, when it comes time to do your taxes, making God king when it comes time to do your driving, when it comes time to, to pay your bills, when it comes time to talk to people about Jesus, making God your king. That's where the kingdom of God is. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like a seed that's planted, a little mustard seed that's planted. It's a small seed. It starts small, but once it's planted, it grows to be one of the largest garden plants. I want to ask you tonight, how many people are in God's kingdom right now? How many people do you think right now are in God's kingdom? Let's go around the lounge room. Anyone want to have a guess? How many people are in God's kingdom? Is it more than 100,000? What do you think? Maybe a billion. 
How many people are in God's kingdom? No one wants to guess. How many people do you think are in God's kingdom? Well, right now, we could probably think that there might be billions of Christians alive. But then we need to go back over the centuries and, and see how many other Christians there were alive and, and think, wow, there must be a lot of people in God's kingdom, right? Because God is the God of the living, not of the dead. God is the God of resurrection power. And when we trust in him, even though we die, we will live. We will live with him in heaven. And his kingdom is, is, not, is what we can see here and now, but it's also what we can't see, where he is king overall. If you've lost a loved one that's a Christian, they're still in the kingdom of God, just as much as you are. But they're without sin, which is kind of good for them and not for us. But the kingdom started small. In fact, it started so small that it wasn't even noticed as the kingdom of God. And Jesus here is is really kind of, I think, teaching about how he is like that mustard. It starts small. He just had 12 disciples, but it started even before that with Jesus. One seed, one seed, Jesus. I want to read to you from John's Gospel again, and in chapter 12, I can see the time. But if you've got your Bible, chapter 12, verse 23, Jesus replies to them, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honour anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice from heaven saying, I came saying, I have already brought glory to my name, and I will do so again. Jesus talks about how he's talking about his death and his resurrection. That the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, something's got to die for there to be life. Something's got to give for there to be a harvest. Now, Jesus died on the cross for your sins and my sins. He died in your place and my place. He didn't have to. He chose to. But he rose again. He rose again. Like that seed must die underground in the hidden places, it rises up. And Jesus rose again, bringing life, bringing life for all. And just like that mustard seed tree, whatever it's called, brings shade, you know, in its branches and, and for the birds and for others to enjoy. It's, it's for others. The seed is supposed to die, be released and to die for the sake of others. 
And the seed that God has given you, the word that God has given you, words that he has given you, the promises that he's given you, they're not just for you, they're for others. They're for you to, to, to give to others, to relinquish them into others, to share the word of God with others. Jesus was the very word of God released into the world, crucified and buried for our sin. Galatians 3 says, God gave the promises to Abraham his child, and notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. That, of course, means Christ. That word child in the Greek means seed, to his seed. Now, Jesus is the seed of the kingdom of God. And you and I can experience the kingdom of God in our own life. We can carry the kingdom of God in our own life simply because Jesus Christ died and rose again. And we must die to self and follow him. That's what Jesus says. If anyone wants to follow me, he must die to his, his life. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must uh, follow me because my servants must be where I am. At just the right time, three days later, Jesus rose again in triumph over sin and death, and we can rest in the shade of his grace and redemption by faith alone. In verse 23, Jesus uh, it goes on to say, Mark says, Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand, as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables, but afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Jesus taught as much as they could understand, and he's still doing that today. 